had so much power with their purchases. Um, and even if it's like an $8 scrunchie or, you know, a $400 quilt, they have power to create so much change just with a little purchase. Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. I'm all full of surprises this morning. Oh boy. You know what my surprise was? What? I got everybody out the dough. On, on time. time. Nice. And we are batch recording today. I'm surprised at us. I know. And Well, okay. It's Monday. It's Monday. Which is usually our best, like, banging out day. Tuesday is, like, our traditional Monday. Like, we suck ass on a Tuesday. But yeah. Mondays, we thrive. We're right. here for it. But we didn't even work out this morning. Which no. is usually We're where we... are mentally working yes, out. we are. We are <laughs> doing all kinds of deadlifts up there. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, my, my brain's working. It is. It's doing squats. Oh. <laughs> I like squats, brain though. Squat? I, I like brain squats. <laughs> Just mental. Hold on. It's Brittany's brain doing a squat. Okay, got it. Although, yes. like, our brains have been kind of funny. Like, you've said, you said some funny stuff in oh, gosh. the previous this podcast. Oh, last recording. I, I was, could not get out. I mean, I was... I, Everything I was trying to say made sense, but it just was taking a terrible turn for all the worse. <laughs> I was replaying some of the words in my head. I was like, "What? What did? Okay, but we don't edit. No, so you're gonna hear them. I know friends. you're gonna hear them, and you're gonna be like, "Wow, Shan, well done, well done." And if you are coming back to Crazy Zen Life, thank you so much for returning and being our friends. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're so glad to have you. We are so glad to have you. We have a lot of new listeners, and we love spending this time with you. We appreciate every minute that you join us on this journey and listen to other people's journeys and stories because it's very important to us. Yeah. So thanks. So thanks. So thanks. And another story we have in in the studio today, mm -hmm. studio closet. We do. We have Miss Colleen Kleins from On Shawl, and we are so excited to hear her story and hear more about, the, is it the On Shawl project or just On Shawl? Um, Anshal. Anshal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. Anshal well, project resulted of a URL. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. And to tell our listeners, this has been a long time coming. Yes. I, I really, after we discovered you from one of our Zen friends, Danielle Davis from mm -hmm. Lou Outwear and Lemonade PR, she, I was like, this, this this company, this girl, these girls have it. Like yeah. I, this mission just really inspired me in many ways, but also that you're local to Louisville, which we love to share the local yeah. love. Yes. And you're so, local, but you're making a global impact. Yes. Which Dang. is even cooler than <laughs> so being from more on the map. <laughs> it puts us on the map, yeah. but also reaches just a broader spectrum in why would we not want to support that and tell your story. So yeah. we really applaud you and thank you for carving out this time. So can you tell our listeners, listeners a little bit about Anshal and like what your mission is? Sure. So Anshal is a nonprofit social enterprise, um, and 
essentially that means we use product sales to help fund the nonprofit, but we provide alternative careers in textile and design to women who've been exploited in the sex trade um, or are survivors of domestic violence, both in India and in Louisville, mostly in India. So 150 right now. 150 women? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So they make some beautiful pieces, all um, hand-stitched from organic or vintage cotton, and all of the pieces are um, either quilts or pillows, and then we do a lot of fashion items as well. It's really fun. Yeah. I was lucky enough to um, be at an event that you guys were hosting a couple weeks ago, and I learned so much. I was <laughs> blown away. First of all, your space is super cool. It's in an old school. Yes. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this is super yeah. rad. Um, but I was also learning how you guys, um, one, you're just, it's, everything is responsibly sourced mm-hmm. and um, used, but everything from how you dye the fabric I was blown away by this. So they use flowers to dye the fabric, roots, mm-hmm. um, tree barks. I mean, and the colors that you guys produce from this are just absolutely stunning. So how did you guys decide that this is like the road you wanted to take when creating your projects? So the origin goes back um, now 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, and I was a student in... Um, Landscape architecture. <laughs> Thought I was going to design parks and plazas. Um, oh, cool. But then took a seminar class when I was in grad school at Rhode Island School of Design. And the class really challenged designers and artists to um, work alongside communities to come up with bigger, like, um, solutions to problems. So traveled to India as part of that class and um, got introduced to an NGO, a nonprofit in India through my professor, but it was in the middle of a red light district. Oh, wow. So this is the first time I, I mean, I had traveled abroad and loved to travel, but this was the first time I had been to a developing country. So my eyes were like super wide and curious and I was excited to um, venture to India because I'd learned so much. Um, prior to through reading and whatever, but uh, navigating the narrow alleyways of a red light district saw women just standing and taking clients, um, kind of just the lack of sanitation, um, little like the size of this closet where a whole family would live and women would be taking clients while their children would sleep under the bed. So it was just like very eye-opening for me. And Uh, I had never anticipated to carry it beyond this class, but started conversations with the NGO in this red light district, and they provided safe haven for the kids to go to. But they didn't have um, other programs for the women Mm -hmm. in this neighborhood and community, so we had kind of started conversations about economic alternatives. So that's kind of where the origin started. Learned about some quilting techniques while we were there, too. Came back to Rhode Island, sold notebooks and note cards, raised $400, and started the project. So very oh, humble oh little beginnings. Yeah. Um, and found kind of the environmental aspect and sustainability of our products came from later, <laughs> like <laughs> learning more about the textile industry and wanting to do good there and um, my interest in plants. So there's like a whole different overlap along the way, but that's kind of the beginning of um, how it all started. 
Wow. So when you first started um, the project, you were using women in India. Mm -hmm. Um, How many women did you start with? So eight Eight. was our first group. So that $400 we sent back to the NGO and they started training eight women um, to make quilts. And that was like our first item. Um, And they were made of recycled saris so that's oh wow we had that product i think for the first three or four years that's all we did yeah yeah so were these inspired just through india and what mm -hmm, you had yes mm -hmm. and it was a traditional like piece um though they didn't see a ton of value because it's like quilts that we would make you know it's like who wants old clothes you know (laughs) but to us everything was super vibrant and colorful and one of a kind Mm -hmm. so we saw some value there that's awesome. Yeah. So how did it transition from quilts to what it is now? <laughs> a long journey. <laughs> you're like, well, you're like, eight Hold years on. later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, we wanted to do a lot of different products right away. But over time, we just um, had to be very patient with the skill set of the women that we were working with. So unlike maybe different fair trade brands or artisan groups, they had no skills to start. So we're not working with rich history of training. So we had to be very patient, like developing products with the skill set as they evolve. So once they got better at what they were making, then we would introduce a new item. So the next thing we did was a infinity scarf. So it was like a natural transition. And mm-hmm. we did um, a collaboration with America Ferreira, the actress, which cool. was really cool. That was like an early crazy win that we had. <laughs> now, how did you get like, how did that spark? Um, the NGO that we work with, they, um, were a part of this documentary series on PBS called Half the Sky, and it's also a part of um, a spinoff from a book. So that's how she was introduced to our program and then got really interested, and we, my um, partner, business partner at the time, met with her out in L.A. But, yeah, so that was really crazy. Um, And then it evolved over time. Like, when we first got a zipper and a pouch, it was, like, the biggest celebration we've ever had, you know? Like, this is so hard, but we did it. And so now there's, like, I don't even know how many pieces we have, probably 300 different items and then stuff that we have made um, over the years, so. Wow, so you started with eight women, and how many do you have now? 150 150, current artisans. Um, We have 12 project assistants who are once artisans that have risen into leadership roles and then a program manager and director, this whole infrastructure. But we've trained over 400 people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What impact have you seen and what what response have you seen since this 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, pretty incredible. So kind of after the first few trips that we had, um, I could just see an immediate personal empowerment, which is harder to talk about unless you see it in person. So Mm -hmm. I could share those stories with people that were following us early on um, and just like how they carried themselves. So obviously with years of exploitation and abuse, there wasn't like much eye contact. There was, um, you know, just they were protecting themselves and really didn't interact with each other that much either. So that was like one of the first things that we saw impact wise is like, I'm earning my money, I now have pride and dignity, Mm -hmm. so that translated immediately. And then kind of from there, they started sending their daughters to school, um, private schools, so 
saving money for education. And breaking the cycle. mm -hmm, Absolutely. And then we um, have seen different women buy homes after, like, Lakshmi bought a home after 11 years of renting. They buy bicycles and fruit and just simple stuff that we really take for granted. But um, tremendous impact there. And even recently, some... A couple have sent their daughters on to college, which is really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ugh. So it does, I mean, this impact can just keep going on mm-hmm. and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does I that think amaze you? How, did, how does that make it's you? It's hard for me to, like, feel. even really um, <laughs> conceptualize. think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so, like, in the day-to-day. But taking a step back, I think that's, um, we don't even realize kind of the impact that it's all having. So that's amazing. And I think impacting the next generation is what it's all about. Sure. Yeah. Now, have you seen any growth from, I mean, do they have access to um, technology and social media within their community or? That's evolved over time. So since the 10 years that I've been going to India, we would try to post a blog and it would take maybe like two hours (laughs) to like (laughs) upload photos to dial up, you know? (laughs) So we'd be in these internet cafes wanting to like, you know, tear our hair out. (laughs) Um, But now uh, we communicate with our staff through uh, Skype and WhatsApp, so that's been really handy. So mm-hmm. we send each other messages quite often, daily, <laughs> um, depending on what's yeah. going on. And then the artisans themselves, this past trip, they now have smartphones, like the ones that have been with us for like eight, nine years. Yeah. Um, and they also send us messages. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you seen that as like a, a tool for growth in like your ability mm-hmm. to scale yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think we could have done it without technology, how it exists now, and being able to... I mean, email is still good, but in terms of, like, crisis mode, if something sure. comes up, like, having Skype and yeah. sending photos quickly has been really um, imperative. <laughs> do you do any web training with them? Um, no, not right now. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the... Most of the women we work with are illiterate or okay. have very limited education, so giving them designs to make, like, watching them use, use a measuring tape and learn how to do math from that is, mm-hmm. like, a huge step. Sure. Um, and then the higher staff that we have, they have started learning the computer, and then the program director is, um, has a college degree and communicates with us in English and stuff, so that yeah helps. <laughs> I it is very inspiring I know like my heart right this. now is like poop, 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 poop. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the nonprofit part mm-hmm. we've had a lot of nonprofit people in here and it, it is kind of a beast that no one quite understands like it's sure. nice to say like I want to do a nonprofit yeah so working through that what would be something that you're like I wasn't prepared for this part <laughs> of it <laughs> So many things. I think... You can pick more than one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think regardless of nonprofit or not, having started a business at 23 years old, like without formal business training, um, having to articulate my plans constantly and always trying to prove myself or having to prove myself to run a nonprofit and like show the impact... um, that was unexpected. Like, I thought yeah. that people would just be like, oh, that's a great cause. Like, yeah. way to go. <laughs> Let me give you a $20,000 check. Yeah. That's not how it works. Right. Um, so you're, I think, 
we're always evolving and trying to improve the impact reporting because it is so far away. Um, and then being in Louisville, Kentucky and talking to people about um, a population a lifetime away, it feels like sometimes like trying to um, share with people that it's closer than you think, more so because everything that we wear is usually made somewhere else at this point, not in the United States. So why not support a group of people who are earning a fair living wage and like can get out of a situation that they don't want to be in? That's a lot of responsibility that Mm -hmm. you took on at 23. (laughs) I mean, were you prepared for any of that? Like... No, no. I mean, like, not I mean, at I feel all. like emotionally that would be like, a really heavy, like, cross to bear, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I think... Because the 23, didn't... you have other people depending on you. Right. For sure, for yeah. sure. And I had no idea. But I think being young, too, you're naive enough to not realize what you're taking on. There's no mm-hmm. way, like, at 34 now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me start a nonprofit. I would definitely <laughs> have so many other, like, hesitations and probably yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so that uh, definitely helped not knowing what I was getting into. And the responsibility has taken its toll, of course. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> having my sister Maggie, who we run it together, definitely helps balance it out. Because um, we, when one of us are feeling overwhelmed or stressed or low, we like cheer each other up. Yeah, like, kind of keep going. It's great to have that duo. Yeah. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Do you have like certain roles where Maggie's like, she's like, no, she's really good at doing this, and you just let her stay in that lane, and you're mm-hmm. like, I really do this, and <laughs> this is where I thrive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've kind of. Um, evolved our roles as time has gone on and Maggie's like really amazing we're both really creative but she can execute the details so much better than me thank god (laughs) 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 um so I'm good at like conceptual big things Mm -hmm. um and kind of steering the team in a direction and she helps execute a lot of the details thank god that's but that shows like our different brain she went to architecture school so she likes math like Mm -hmm. more finite things I'm Mm -hmm. a little bit more loose yeah (laughs) Like, no, I need to go this way. She's like, she brings me down to earth. (laughs) She's like, Colleen, if you take on another project, I'm going to quit. Right. Yes. I always say every optimist needs a realist. Yes. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's great that you have, Mm -hmm. and she's built in. Like, (laughs) like, she's there for life. Right. Um, Now you guys have done projects with some pretty big names Mm -hmm. in the fashion community and in the world. I mean, I know the, um, the museum piece. Mm -hmm, The Guggenheim. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. I, I mean, come on now. <laughs> I, I, literally, when Maggie said this like, the other day in the thing, I, my jaw was like, what? <laughs> well, are you serious? Was that a big win for her, being from, like, architecture? And, yeah. And I, I mean, this was, like, probably yeah, absolutely. a life for, moment. For both of us, and we had never, it was the dream project we didn't even know we could obtain. Yeah. Um, so tell us how that came to be. So I think, like, as we were talking earlier about artisans improving their skills, we finally got to a level we felt we could take it to market and start um, going to trade shows. So that was mm. in our three, three and a half years ago. Okay, yeah. And we w- we started doing shows in New York, and that kind of was a big game changer for us in terms of exposure. You know, day to day living in Kentucky, you don't get that opportunity mm-hmm. to talk with museums and corporate buyers and even boutiques from across the country. So that helped propel a lot of this. Um, And that's how we met 
buyers from the Guggenheim, and we are just hanging out in our booth. Maggie was, like, talking to several people, and I come back with two coffees, and I look down at their name tag, and I'm like, oh, hello. Hey. Let me get rid of this. Oh, <laughs> um, you're big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think Maggie tells a story, too. She They came into our booth, and they were attracted to one of the quilts that we had hanging because it had a curve that kind of emulated the building, and... Um, she was like, well, they were like, do you do custom work? And we're like, yeah, usually like 100 pieces minimum. And then she looked down at their badge and was like, but we can work we with can. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, it's such a dream project. So they um, invited us to design a custom collection, a capsule collection, um, in line with the launch of their new exhibit last year, last October, um, with the paintings of Hilma Offklet. So she's a modernist painter and really inspired, beautiful uh, paintings. So we uh, interpreted some of her work and designed a quilt and bag and jackets, two scarves, and the, um, you know, I really loved the process of designing that. And mm-hmm. then we put it out into the world. And the day after the exhibit opened, they called us and they're like, well, things have <laughs> gone really well. We'd like to place a reorder. And it's like after the first day. So oh, we're wow, just wow. like blown away. Um, and the jacket specifically has been really successful. So, yeah, really it's cool. still continuing. Yeah. But what a dream. Ne- like, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I had no idea that was an option, you know. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, just putting yourself out there. Yeah, like definitely. A Taking a leap of faith. And those trade shows are a huge investment. Sure. Um, so that first one, we're like, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But your product speaks for itself. It is is gorgeous. I encourage all our listeners to kind of go tap on that Instagram and just see. And it's beautiful, beautiful work. But going back to your mission, Mm -hmm. so you said it's inquired but the dying through plants, and that wasn't something that was important to you, as well as sustainability. Mm -hmm. How hard is it to keep to those two missions moving forward as you scale your business? Sure, sure. So I will say, so the dying with plants is more of our local project, so that's when we... the women that we work with here. So we have, we grow flowers and do some natural dyeing in India, but that's more focused on um, women here. But it is really hard <laughs> to yeah. keep true because um, our products are not the cheapest items. You know, they're handmade. There's like a lot of handwork in them. Um, and then we'll talk to a retailer that comes to us and is like, we want to make, you know, 50,000 tea towels in two days, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like this uh, can't happen. Nope. <laughs> um, so it's tempting to not use organic cotton. I think that's, that's definitely more expensive to use, um, you know, different techniques that would help expedite the process. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, we have to stay true to our mission. Um, and it's important to me and I think the women themselves, too, to have something that's sustainably made. Because with fast fashion and the textile industry, I don't want, you know, we're trying to do as least amount of harm as possible. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, you've collaborated with some bigger names in mm-hmm. some, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, is Madewell, like, considered fast fashion? I don't know. Or in, like, yeah, urban I mean, and... yeah, of okay. course. I yeah. would consider them. But okay. they've been... I think they're all trying to move, shift yeah. the conversation as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's a 
hard thing to break when people, consumers mainly just want something like quick. new yeah. new and fast. And it's like all this, like new, we're fast, trapped trendy. in a tornado, you yeah. know? So that makes sense. Yeah. I think we've been really lucky to work with Anthropology and Madewell and different businesses that acknowledge the value and what we're doing. And I think are trying to shift the conversation too. Yeah. So Madewell happened mainly because they launched a new, um, line of fair trade denim um, oh, cool. that they certified their factories. So they were wanting an item to like kind of speak to that launch. So mm-hmm. they um, featured our quilts in all of the storefronts across the country. So it's like 160 stores, wow. a few in London, I think. <laughs> what? Yeah, during the month of February. It's crazy. Oh, wow. So we I did a little did, tour yeah. in Manhattan when we were there and went I to all the stores. Those yeah. 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 It was that a lot of fun. Super cool. Was that like a, a pinch me moment too? Of course. Like, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we got a call. Also met them through the trade show in okay. New York and um get a call and it's like, um, we're interested and like Maggie and I are thinking like, oh, you know, quilts in the storefront and like a flagship in New York like yeah. two quilts you know yeah. and then <laughs> which still like, that would be a big deal. which would yeah, be huge yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're like of course and yeah. then they're like oh and, and all of our stores two in each and then maybe three and then we're like doing the math quickly and yeah. I, of course I'm like yes we'll do it yes. and Maggie's like, like shut wait, up wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like of course we got it and we had to like shift production and call our, the team in India and be like okay this is happening right so. And what is their response when they get calls like this? They're like, what are you two doing over there? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But I think, you know, the initial shock wears off and they're like, okay, we can do this. And yeah. we want to provide more work to the team and mm-hmm. um, bring on more women. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> more community. <laughs> more growth. Yeah, right? It's all, it, yeah. It's all a positive. Yeah, yeah in for the end. sure. I love that. Where do you see Anshal going? Do you guys have, like, bigger pictures or are you happy staying the course of where you are um the need is so great within our team in india and the community there so there's women that want to join and we're just waiting to get to the capacity that it can so the dream is to build a textile like community there um like infrastructure so like almost like a campus oh, and cool. then hopefully employ up to 500 people that would be my like max yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. trying to maintain that and then I won't, we plan to replicate it elsewhere and really grow our program here in Louisville too so cool. more manufacturing and scaling with our group because you do everything in-house in your at your building, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. all photo like photography, <laughs> yeah. construction, like for better or worse. Which when you yeah. when you go like on the Instagram, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. Feed. beautiful. You beautiful. would never know. I mean, right? it just looks like it's super high quality and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But when you walk into that space, you're like. This is where you're taking those photos. You're like, yeah, yeah. Yes, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Behind the so scenes, great. yes, <laughs> of so reality. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, do you? I mean, have you learned a lot about um, trafficking through working with, like, here mm. locally um, in Louisville? Is it is it a big problem that we have here, or is it something that you're like, we need more light and attention to what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, knowledge has really, I think within the last 10 years has evolved quite a bit. So more people at least know what trafficking is. Mm -hmm. I think it's still so, it's 
so invisible day to day to like everyone around us, like me included. Like it's not like we see people or like yeah, they're like oh they're being traffic. Like in India, there's like this huge red light district. It's very apparent. Like yeah, even and still invisible too. But within um, Louisville, especially because we're in between so many major cities, mm-hmm. that it is a hub here in Kentucky too. So, learned quite a bit working with different nonprofits. So, the key with our organization is we love to collaborate with people that are already doing good work and plug into their program. So, mm-hmm. through the Center for Women and Families and Catholic Charities and several other organizations here, they're doing great work to um, provide kind of basic infrastructure and I wouldn't say, like, rescue, but, like, once discovered different women, and then we kind of plug in to say, hey, we have a job opportunity for you. But it is a huge issue here, and especially different sporting events, the Kentucky Derby, people, you know, pimps, managers bring women from all over the country during that, like, week of time. Um, So... Wow. We don't even realize that that's happening. No. No, I, no, no clue. Yeah. No yeah. clue. You think yeah. that our sweet town, but... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some dark dark stuff yeah. around every corner. Yeah. Wow. But there's a lot of activists. Um, Polaris Project is another good example nationally that does a lot of work for um, trafficking victims and sex trafficking victims in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it's not yeah. what it what it seems to be like in the movies. It is a sure. lot. It's, it's a lot different. It's it's a different painted picture mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what we what we've been taught for the last twenty years. And a lot of busts happen like in a suburban environment, you know. So mm-hmm. you don't really know even it's happening like where women are being held. Um, could be a neighbor of yours, right? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the positive is there is more awareness around the issue and there are great organizations doing good work. So plenty of people to support if you become interested in the Yeah. um, Well and you guys are giving them a community where it's not shamed. Yeah, yeah, it's not shamed, but mm-hmm. they're you're giving them worth mm-hmm. and giving mm-hmm. them back dignity mm-hmm. and you're giving mm-hmm. them back the purpose where I'm sure for many years it was stolen right. from them and Absolutely. they're, you know, it, I'm sure it takes a long time to rebuild that. It does. And I think we've seen the importance of having a supportive environment that, yes, you could maybe get a job at like a restaurant or whatever, but, um, or anywhere coming out, but it they're not always ready to like show up to work a hundred percent of the time. And I'm not going to fire them because they didn't come in today because they're yeah. working through a lot. So mm-hmm. we have a very like open environment. If you don't m- make it and like, mm-hmm. you know, just let us know, but like an open door policy. So yeah. people kind of come and go, but, um, we're always there for them. So I think they have that community within the staff, but also each other. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you offer any, um, uh, therapy or anything? Or, I mean, do you mm-hmm. have people that reach out and want to help with that? Yeah. So within the organizations that we collaborate with, they provide mentorship and therapy. So that is hugely beneficial to that's everyone great. involved. Um, again, that's not my area of expertise. So sure. trying to like plug in outside yeah. support. And then uh, we also provide health uh, programs with to our team in India. So the full-time staff get full health care for themselves and their whole families. And then we do annual health camps, or no, biannual health camps for all of our um, 
artisans, so they'll get full screenings and eye exams and glasses all for free. Wow. Yeah. Colleen. I mean, this little 23-year-old just making waves. I mean, <laughs> seriously, you built did you such see an this empowering when you were, Yeah, when you were 23, did you see no, it going No, never, there? never, never. Uh, I think it was just, like, one day at a time. I'm, like, very stubborn, so, like, <laughs> empowered by a challenge. And, like, anybody said no, I'm yeah. like, no. Um, but I, I felt, like, immediately connected to the women. I don't – it's hard to explain, but mm-hmm. I'd – been so um, lucky and privileged in my life and wanting to be able to like, you know, even though we've all had struggles, like wanting to plug in and support women who I didn't know, but could see uh, the benefit of just like a little support and what that would do, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you're creating such a beautiful place and not only creating beautiful items, but I love like it's like a big onion. Like every time we get more layers coming off this, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> just, I love it. And I love everything that you guys are doing. I love your team. Yeah. Um, I know that um, another one of our Zen friends has been working with you, Josh Johnson. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's doing okay. a lot with promoting, mm-hmm. um, you know, the mission, but he recently went on a trip with you guys to India, right? He like did. you guys were yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun to, I love, I think every trip I've been 10 times and usually bring somebody new. Mm -hmm. Um, So to see it fresh in their eyes, I think is really wonderful. But he was great to have along and took amazing photographs and was like ready for anything, really. (laughs) All the challenges which come along with it. Um, So, yeah, generally. He's such a sweet soul, too. When he goes all in, he's just he's just it becomes a part of him. Yeah, you know, it, it becomes that this is yeah, his mission, and yeah. and, no, and he just goes heart. in like wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my, I love, Josh. He's he's such a sweet spirit. It's yeah. great. <laughs> so, where do you want to see things grow from here? Um, yeah, I mean, more women, obviously, but I think uh, kind of the next chapter I, we've had some amazing ones: Guggenheim, Anthropology, all these like retailers. Um, I think we want to grow our direct sales. So we have a very loyal following in Louisville. Um, we've sold to uh, all 50 states, at least. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So okay. we have good national sales as well through our web store. So kind of just continuing to grow mm-hmm. and sell more products and have yeah. a bigger exposure for what we're trying to do. Are you thinking of expanding the line, like offering more than Yeah, so mostly, and and mostly what I'm really interested in is more apparel. So that's mm-hmm. my, like, personal interest yeah. <laughs> at the moment. So How does Maggie feel about yeah. that? <laughs> She's cautious, but yeah. I think on the same page, yeah. So cool. we'll be expanding more in that direction. We have a whole new line of jackets and Ooh. stuff that we launched a few weeks ago. And I think spring goals to have some <clears throat> dresses and cover-ups and stuff. So cool. More clothes. Awesome. Do you have a favorite product right now? Mm, chore jacket. That's new. That. It's so cute. So it's we really saw cute. a sneak peek of that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at the thing. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> yeah. Talk about like growth, but it has yeah. buttons. We have sizes. It's yeah, like that is little, huge growth. Yeah. Little From a zipper to I know. sizing. I know. I'm like, I know. wow, we are doing yeah, things. I know. Big time. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited about this. And we hope ours and friends kind of go on and, and, and enjoy the mission. Yeah. Because even if it's something like small idea, you can take it. 
wherever you want. Yeah. And you guys Nothing's have um, a trunk show coming up. Will mm-hmm. you share a little bit more about that with us? Yeah. So uh, to our friends in Louisville, we have, it's our biggest event of the year. It's at Whitehall and Lexington Road. So really beautiful historic oh. building. Um, and then we outfit it with all of our products for a, a whole day. Thursday, November 14th. We'll be there from 10 to 8 um, with snacks and drinks and holiday music and all of our products uh, for sale and um, just creates a good cozy environment. But I think, you know, we've talked a lot about a a lot of heavy things, but I think what excites me and what I get excited about too in particular is just telling people that and by the women that made it. So that in particular kind of connects you to the maker. Yeah. And is it once you you have a story with that, Mm -hmm. you want to wear it. And Mm -hmm. and then someone asks you, you're like, oh, I got this from here. And it's it's just just, just more shareable than like saying, I got it from Target. Yeah. And I I would appreciate those products. Mm -hmm. I know. That's a great gift. Talking to Maggie about um, having the scrunchies at Primp during the holidays. I'm like, we would love to have them and support, you know. That would be a great fit. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect fit. Scrunchies always fit. <laughs> always fit. Yes. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Okay. We so were on to so many things. We wrap everything up usually with a couple questions. Okay. And since we're coming up on my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Nice. What is your favorite side dish? Ooh. I think I love stuffing. I can't really mm. go wrong with that. Is that a side dish? It is. Yeah. yeah I feel like that is yeah. the side dish. Although right. I'm not a big fan Spicy, of it. Spicy, sausage. Yeah. Okay. That's so you like key. a meaty sausage. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want it like I can eat it the next day for breakfast kind yes. of thing. Yeah, Got it. Absolutely. That's, That's the key. Yeah. No health. No, you're like, off. there's not a piece of kale inside on my plate. Get, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. I've never had stuffing with sausage in my life. We did um, once a, like a, it was an oyster mm-hmm. stuffing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was, but I mean, I have had like a spicy, um, it almost tastes like a breakfast sausage yeah, that's, that's, that's in it. Yeah. 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 I grew up having oysters in my Oh, did you? Stuffing. Okay. Yeah, that's how we always had it. I didn't know anything yeah. different. <laughs> I didn't, like, in being from North Carolina, I was shocked that I didn't know anything about an oyster dressing. I was like, what is that? What do you mean oysters and stuffing? It's really good. It comes out of a box. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like, weird. If you can't microwave it, I'm not eating it. <laughs> no, that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, how do our listeners find it more about, or mm-hmm. like, how do they find you online? Um, they can visit our website, onshellproject.org. Um, I will spell it A-N-C-H-A-L, mm-hmm. so Onshell Project. And then uh, kind of the most we share is Instagram, so cool. lots of stories. So Onshell Project Okay, there too. And, and for our Louisville friends, where is Onshell? We are in uh, the Portland neighborhood. We're in an old school building. Um, beautiful, tall ceilings and low chalkboards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So lots of notes on that. Um, so you can make an appointment on our website to come visit us as well. And do a tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's, I think that's, a, that's a good day doing. trip. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so usually we're making something, dye and fabric, all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. really quickly, what is the story behind Onshaw? Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Point. We didn't the get name. there. Yeah. Right. That's always my favorite question. Is So Onshaw is the edge of the sari. 
Um, and it's the most decorative part. So it's kind of, if you see women wearing a sari, it's like wrapped around their head or Mm -hmm. kind of draped over their shoulder, but they'll also uh, wrap their babies inside of it. So it means shelter and protection. Oh, Oh, all coming together. All of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's It's worth the phonetic spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, except whatever pronunciation, (laughs) but yes. And you probably heard them all. You're like, (laughs) angel. Angel, yeah. (laughs) Ankle, yeah. (laughs) Quanshaw was the weirdest one. Quanshaw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So however you get there, you get there. Right. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) All are welcome. All of them. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. And then friends, thanks for being here. Yay, we'll see you next week. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.